Welcome to the Vortex Nation podcast brought to you by lovers of hunting, shooting, public lands, the Second Amendment, and good food. All right, what's going on, Vortex Nation? Welcome to the Vortex Nation podcast, and we are here coming to you from Crescent, Texas at the Vortex Shooter Source 3-Gun Match. And uh, right now, we are in the clubhouse, so Shooter Source, special shout-out to those guys. Jeremy at Shooter Source helped put on an excellent match. We're in their kind of pro shop here on the range, so we're surrounded by lots of awesome gear. Got a couple of 50 cals in the background, too, and an American flag, so feeling good. And uh, we're going to talk about 3-Gun because uh, we're at a 3-Gun match. So also just want to give a shout-out to Triple C Range, too. And then, of course, all these ROs out here and volunteers making this match happen. It's been a really cool one. Couldn't do it without them. But anyway, so to introduce who we're with here, we've got a few folks from Vortex and a few folks from outside of Vortex as well. So Jimmy right here talking now, and then I'm accompanied by Ruben, Jameson, Nick Miller, and Ryan Reed. Ruben Allison and Jameson Schleicher for uh, for reference there on the last names. But uh, anyway, got a wide variety of skill sets here, and we'll have everybody introduce themselves, and uh, maybe maybe we can all introduce ourselves and then give, like, most embarrassing three-gun story or something like that along those lines. And uh, we'll go around. But anyway, Ryan, if you want to kick us off. Absolutely. Uh, Ryan Reed, I live outside of Little Rock. I've been shooting three-gun for probably seven years now. My most embarrassing story was not very far from here, Jacksboro, Texas. It was during a match, uh, probably about five years ago. Um, started out of stage running with a rifle and uh, had just switched over to his Farland ELS belt. Didn't quite get those two tabs in the back clicked in. Uh, about halfway through a rifle array, I felt some weight shift a little funny, and it was because my entire belt just peeled off. So I had to put one hand on the belt. Um, continue to shoot some offhand rifle targets at 100 yards, one-handed, <laughs> and actually hit them all. And uh, grounded my rifle, did a little duck waddle to the barrel, put my rifle in, uh, pulled my pistol, and there was 18 targets and had 21 rounds in the gun. And uh, I finished with one round left. And it was actually not the worst stage I had in the match. I was like 13th on that stage. So <laughs> that's my, my most of that. We called it a, my wardrobe malfunction. <laughs> awesome, awesome. And uh, Nick Miller from Houston, Texas. I uh, actually grew up up here in North Texas around Granbury. Uh, probably most, and I've been shooting three gun for about five years or so now coming up to probably most. And it's, it's funny. The most embarrassing moment is probably at this match, uh, stage 10. This is a coaching match and I'm, I'm sure we'll get into that. Yeah. Uh, one of my fellow dissident arms guys was, uh, I was coaching him and he went a little too far and we're not used to coaching. And, uh, so I told him, stop 180, come back. Well, what two words do you not say in a match? Stop. In 180. So he kind of looked at me like, what's going on? Oh, just, oh, sorry, just just keep going, keep going, keep going. <laughs> then he realized that it was not the RO saying that, it was his coach, and he continued. So it was uh, all in good fun. Yeah, a little hand slap. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Awesome. Well, Jameson Schleicher here. Uh, I work at Vortex, and this was my first match. Um, probably most embarrassing story is timing out on seven of the ten courses or something like that. I don't know, but uh, it was fun. Yeah, that's not that bad though. No. I mean, first match ever. Yeah, yep. yeah. You don't have anything to be embarrassed of. No. Yeah, right. And right. these were all big stages, <laughs> mm-hmm. like heavy time. So, mm-hmm. um, Ruben Alexson, I work at Vortex uh, in the uh, the sales department, and my most embarrassing match uh, was at the 
I believe it was at the Jeff Kirkwald match up in Minnesota two years ago. Uh, we had a, I was shooting one of the best matches I've ever shot, and we had a stage where you had some mixed slugs and stuff like that. And so I've got Remington Buckshot and Remington Slugs. They're both green. So I was like, well, I'm not going to be for a while. So I'm just going to hang out here and reset. And uh, they called my name, and I was like, oh, man, I didn't think I was up this soon. So I run to the truck, grab some ammo, throw it in, and I just burn the stage to the ground. The RO came up to me afterwards, and he's like, and, you know, of course, I'm fist bumping everybody. Like, that was awesome. Mm-hmm. That was amazing. Like, second fastest time of the, of the match so far. And he's like, hey, uh, this, was, this was slugs, right? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, okay, use buckshot. Uh, I think there was, like, nine slug targets. <laughs> I hit it. I hit all of them. Buckshot Rube. Man. Right. That's what they call me. Right on. Right on. Double Odd is my nickname. Double Odd. Okay. Yeah. Short right. well, that's a good one. That's a good one. Well, then, uh, on the mic, I guess I've spoken before, but Jimmy here, my, I, my most embarrassing three-gun moment would be at the Hornady Zombies in the Heartland match last year. That happened to be my first match. I had a drum mag that I was going to start a stage out with where there was a lot of AR targets. And I went to, you know, being naive, I loaded it up as full as you could possibly get that thing and slapped it in the gun at the beginning of the stage, went to go take a shot and I heard a noise just clunk and I looked down and there's my drum mag. And so I'm like, oh, all right, got to pick that up. So threw it back in the gun, tried to rack everything, get reset again, went to go uh, get, get my sight picture again. Boom, clunk, hit, it, hit the ground again. Go down, bend over, pick it up, grab it up again. I think I did it a third and maybe a fourth time. I just kept over and over and over. I didn't learn my lesson. Then I think that I either stripped, I tried stripping a couple rounds off the top, put it back in the gun, and I think it even did it one more time. And I just gave up and just like, all right, I guess I'm not shooting this one. So that, uh, that's not a coaching match either. So no, yeah. me and Rob Tater just standing there like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm over there just looking like an idiot, but. Uh, yeah, that, that one got me pretty good, but part of the reason, you know, that we're, we're talking about some of these kind of funny, embarrassing moments maybe, or, or just learning experiences. Uh, like we said, we have a wide array of experience levels here. Jameson, for example, is, is literally fresh off as of, as of an hour ago or so his very first match ever kind of dove in head first with this match, you know, hadn't gone to even any local matches at all, just like one day out practicing or something like that. And then, and then we're out here in Texas at this fairly large match. So, um, and then of course, like we said, Ruben, Nick, Ryan, they've been around the sport for, uh, you know, between five and eight years. And, uh, and I guess, well, then you have me, I'm not going to say I'm an expert, but I've at least been to one, competed in one and been to a number of different ones. So, you know, a few of the things we want to talk about just were like, what, what at this stage in your career, for lack of a better term, are you, are you thinking about, you know, I guess we can start with Jameson since like we said, you're fresh off your first one. Like what, what are some things that you, what, what's on your mind right now at the end of this, at the end of this competition, like for, for future one or just, you know, what are you thinking about big time? Yeah. Well, I mean, there's definitely going to be some future ones for me, but I think, you know, I'm going to review my notes cause I took notes after every stage of things I could have done better, but most of all, just practicing with, you know, shotguns, um, pistols and, and getting used to, you know, really shooting accurately so that I can then focus on shaving off time in other areas and things like that. So really for me, it's just going to be getting better with the different, um, guns that you're going to use and just get better and then be good to go. Yeah. Is there anything that you now wish 
somebody would have told you before you got here? No, I'd say Ruben was a pretty darn good coach. I mean, I came in just making sure that I didn't get DQ'd, and here I am 10 stages later not DQ'd. So I think uh, everything went pretty smoothly um, <laughs> for my first time. Yeah. Anything yeah. jump out and surprise you, though, about the just um, being in this atmosphere? How welcoming and awesome everyone is. Uh, seriously, they just brought me in with open arms, and everyone was happy to help coach and, and tell me what I was doing right, tell me what I was doing wrong, fist bumped me at the end of the stage. So uh, I had a blast and just met a lot of really cool people here. Awesome. Awesome. Cool. Well, like what from, you know, maybe your guys' experienced positions, you've probably also seen not only just Jameson, but lots of other people start out for their first time. What kind of were some things that you know, I guess, and we'll get into too what you're thinking about currently in in your point in your career. But what are some things that people you wish people would have told you when you started, or you've seen people come in just not knowing that that would probably be good for them to know? Well, we run our own uh, match down in Houston, and so we have a wide array of people that come in. So you know what we usually tell the new guys that come in or new gals is, you know, really focus on you know where that 180 is, and that's. It's that first kind of mindset shift of, of knowing, you know, where the muzzle needs to be and to be safe because, you know, that's, that's the name of the game is to be safe. And then if you can build off of that, then you're golden. But to be safe and then maybe not go 100% at the beginning. You know, if you're, if you're new, you got to get accustomed to the guns, to the gear, to the range, to the targets. But once you kind of build that, and I saw it in JMO where, you know, you start off on, we start on stage five. And he had his movement, but by 10, when we finished today, or I'm sorry, by um, 4, when we finished today, you were more fluid, you were more aware of kind of targets interview and what was upcoming, so you could see that natural progression. And, and I think that's all part of it, is just having that natural progression of safety, gear, movement, uh, and then just going from maybe it's a 75% start to you know 85 and then your speed increases and your perception increases your awareness increases Mm -hmm. yeah i think a lot of people come into it and they've seen a lot of youtube videos or something like that of guys like yourselves burning down a stage running through you're reloading your shotgun on the move you dump it in all of a sudden your pistol's out and you're just running you know shooting real fast and they think that all three gun is is just jumping in with three guns and just shooting stuff left and right just all over the place. And then all of a sudden you see people come out and it's just like uh, uh, real herky jerky, mm-hmm. you know, it's a huge mental game. Oh, it's tremendous mental game. Yeah. I think one of the biggest things that you see within the sport of three gun is it's competitive shooting, right? So it's competition going to the range on a Saturday with a bunch of buddies. Isn't always competitive. You might just sit and shoot targets for groups, or you might, you might throw in a, you know, friendly, like who can shoot the, the diamond out of the card. But at the same time, the people that are coming into competitive shooting have that competitive nature. And we have guys that are, you know, cyclists. We have people who are BMX. We have people who have all kinds of competitive backgrounds, whether, you know, paintball, racing, you know, people who are running marathons. And so you have that competitive nature, which is pushing you to go faster. Most of us aren't happy with mediocrity. There's, there's a certain number of people that shoot the sport just to come out and shoot it and be with people. But there's a lot of people that are getting into it as a competitive outlet. And so you'll see those types of people come in like Jameson. I mean, I don't know how many sports you play. It's probably like nine or 10. I didn't even actually, yeah, a lot. as a person who focuses mostly on shooting, I didn't know there were actually that many sports when you started telling me. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you have that. And, and I remember talking to you over the last few, few months about this, like, Hey, you know, I know you're really competitive, but you have to stress the safety and you have to stress the fact that you're not going to be the best. 
starting out. And that's, I think, a lot of times where people, you'll see them um, completely turn around and on a stage and like point the muzzle back at everybody. And that's, you know, you did a really good job at this match of harnessing that competitive desire. So that's, I mean, that was, that was exciting to see, but yeah, we're, we're yeah. all competitive people. So yeah. Yeah. And the amount of times too, when like Jameson would run out of time on the stage, but turn around and be like, that was awesome. I was like, I'm looking at him kind of like, Oh, don't get mad. Like, let's try and keep this. And then all of a sudden he'd just be all excited as can be. But yeah. I get a lot of guys that call me and ask about starting out in three gun. And one of the first things I ask them is, have you ever competed in shooting sports before? And if they give me a yes answer, we start talking about what sports they shot and uh, to just kind of get the gauge of the safety aspect of it, like kind of what Nick touched on, because uh, with three gun, it's a little different. You get into the sport, not only you have to worry about safety when you're shooting, but safety when you're changing guns, doing things like that. Um, if we don't have a local match coming up, I'll always, if they haven't shot competition before, you know, recommend they go shoot like one of our steel matches or something like that, just so they can get the aspect of, it, it, it's, it's really funny to see people come out for the first time and, and get range commands from someone that people who've, who've been to the gun club before, shot with friends, just real casual stuff, and uh, to actually have direction and safety, sometimes it's a, it's a new thing to them and they're not aware of that. So getting them into like a basic steel match, just kind of pistol competition to get that out of the way is also beneficial. Yeah, I remember kind of looking back, like you said, there's a lot of just sort of shock value in some ways to just being in this environment and considering a lot of the rules. Because obviously, first and foremost, you're thinking about safety because we're shooting guns in a competitive nature. You're doing it, or you're trying to do it as quickly as you can, you know, and so there's there's safety needs to be taken into top consideration there. But there's some other just like kind of goofy little things that I found when I was looking, or when, when I think back on my first match, and, you know, a couple of them I have just listed here are, uh, one, that there's different kinds of matches. So this match that we're at now, the Vortex Shooter Source match, was the first match that I ever attended. Now, I didn't compete here. And for those of you who are not familiar with this match, it's a very, I don't know how to, how to describe it. It it's blends itself in with the terrain a lot. And so you're running on paths and you're, you're moving quite a bit. There's a lot of land out here. Obviously, we have the long-range stages, so you need a lot of land for that. But then just even if you have short-range targets, you're moving a lot between them. And so you might run, you know, a significant difference from the start to the finish. And then all of a sudden, we went to the Hornady Zombies in the Heartland competition, and that's all base style. And I was sort of like, whoa, whoa, like, where am I, where am I running? Like, I can see every stage from just standing in one spot on the map, essentially, and just looking left to right. I can see all the stages. I didn't even realize that there were more than one kind of stage. And then, actually, we were at dinner the other night, and people started mentioning, oh, yeah, the, the Shooter Source Vortex match, that's a real Riflesman's match. And then I was like, so are there other matches where it's like a Pistolman's match, for lack of a better term, or Shotgunman's match? And totally, yeah, apparently there is. You know, and so I'm sure you guys have been to tons of those, but, you know. Yeah, there's, there's a different flavor everywhere you go. A lot of it has to do with, uh, you know, proximity to to residential areas, it has proximity to do, you know, with, with how close you are to a city. You know, if the range when it was built is built on a smaller piece of property that has less real estate to work with, but they can build 25, 30 foot bay walls on it, you can still have the same effect. Mm -hmm. And so you'll see, generally what you'll see is you'll see matches that have a fairly restricted space. Your rifle shooting might be all within 100 or 200 yards. So you're really not even thinking about wind but there'll be longer pistol shots or there'll be you know a lot of walls set up within the bay and so you'll have 
more intricate footwork. You know, here we're running down paths that are mowed with a, you know, a big bobcat and they're cutting stumps out of the way. And so this match definitely is what I would say is a rifleman's match. And from the beginning, Jeremy and I talking about this match was like, well, Vortex makes scopes and some, you know, open division uses dots on the pistol and, and shotgun, but still, you know, most of the stuff that we make for a three gun is, is going to go on a rifle. And so that, that's kind of our match flavor. And it's, uh, man, there were some tricky shots. Yeah. Jeremy always does a good job of, this is my third year to shoot this, and uh, he always does a good job with using the natural terrain that you know, North Texas has to offer. And I've, I've come to, uh, shooting the past five years, I've come to find that I really like natural terrain stages. I don't mind base stages, but there's just something about snaking through trees and you'll have a target that just appears on your right and you've got to remember that there's two more targets on the left and they're going to be hidden in some trees and, you know, you're shooting over a ridge or off a ridge and, you know, you finish and you look up and you've just got this amazing scenery that you're you're able to look at and, and shoot in. So, yeah, I'm a big fan of, of natural terrain and being able to use the long range that it offers, not just on rifle, but on pistol too and having some some pretty challenging pistol shots and slug shots. Absolutely. And some, something he's done well here too over the last three years is you go to some uh, matches and you're a repeat customer and a repeat customer and you, you kind of see the same thing coming back over again, coming back over again. And we shot on pace of property that we haven't shot in the last three years here. So that's good. It keeps it keeps challenging the, the shooters that have been coming and it also offers more to the ones that are coming for the first time. It's a real skill test match. There, there are matches around the country where I know that if I go there, I better have this figured out and this figured out and here you can't really focus too much on one thing like in your preparation for the match you're like well I better be good at uh yeah I better be good at everything yeah <laughs> you better be good at three gun yeah. for this match exactly. Exactly. Yeah. exactly yeah and that that brings up yeah that brings up too and I, I want to get Jameson's take on this as well but another thing that I've I've found surprising and uh I, I at least got to know it because I attended this match before going into my first match to compete but when we got to a stage, all of a sudden everybody's doing air gun, you know, like, and when I say air gun, I mean like air guitar, you know, and people are faking, like holding the guitar and playing and whatnot. They're playing like air gun where they're all running through a stage. You get five minutes before you actually start and everybody's like running around, like pretending to reload an imaginary shotgun. And I'm like, what is going on here? And I found out that that's, that's recon or a walkthrough. And it plays in a lot to that, that mental aspect of three gun where you can't be physically fast unless you're mentally fast, and you can't be mentally fast unless you prepare yourself. But Jameson, you blended right in with it. I mean, on stage one, or I guess whatever, stage five, our first stage, you were already doing the whole, you know, like air pistol, air rifle. You were doing all that stuff. What did you, what did you think about that? Yeah, well, it definitely helped, and, and especially with, uh, like, shotgun reloads. So you have to count the targets, and, you know, for, for our division, we started with nine. So, you know, you count down eight, seven, six. Okay, I'm going to reload four. Then I'm going to go to the next target. So it really did help you get an image or a mental image of what you're going to do on the, the stage. And it helped immensely because it's just like, you know, free throw in basketball. You just envision the shot with your eyes closed, take it, and you do it. And it's 10 times better. So here it was just, okay, here's every single target. Here's where I need to reload. And then, like you said, Nick, some of the ones that were more hidden, you forget about those if you don't walk through and, and look at it and make sure, okay, I have to remember there's one on the left deep in the bushes. And even the final stage, I almost forgot about one on the far right, but uh, luckily we had the coaches here, and so they were like, far right, far right, so I was able to do it. But yeah, definitely helps a lot, especially for the beginners. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it, it goes too, like any idiot can just sort of run through the stage and probably hit every target eventually, 
but when you're timed and when you have to consider safety in the 180 as well, I mean, how many times were we going through the walkthrough and someone would be like, you got to shoot these from this bucket or this stump or twig or whatever, because if you run past that and try and turn around and shoot something, boom, you break the 180 and all of a sudden you're DQ'd, you know, whereas again, like you said, I mean, if you're just running through by yourself in some big wide open jungle, you could probably shoot everything however you wanted, but you know, you got to consider, you don't want to aim at people who are back spectating or videotaping. Yeah, they didn't you. do anything to deserve that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Even the like the mental. I mean, mental's huge in this game, and I mean, it's just it, it's just as important, if not more important, than loading your mags. I mean, you've got to get up there and visualize it, visualize every shot, walk through it, visualize you know, for, hits, visual, yeah, visualize hits, not shots. Actually, absolutely. And for me, it's like three times. Like I have to do it at least three times, and and visualize it three times because if I do it less or I take it for granted, then I will notice it when I go to shoot that stage. But that three times or more is my goal for every stage. And not just like, say, on a Thursday, if it's a Friday, Saturday, Sunday match. Not that walkthrough, that initial walkthrough, but it's when we get the five minutes. I've got to do it three times. That's that's just my magic number. Yeah, when I get to the I, – I do the same thing as Nick. When I get to the line and we get the make ready command and I'm – you know, I sit there and I look at – I think about my first array, my first – how is this going to start and what I'm going to do and get that down. It's all mental rehearsal and, and building muscle memory, even the, the continuous walkthroughs, the looking for your, your points you want to hit where you have to engage targets here because they'll disappear if not or come into play. It, in a lot of sports, you, you do one thing and it's done, but this, you got to mentally prepare for the first portion of a stage, which may be pistol, and then once that's done, the next stage, and this is a lot of focus, a lot of focus with this. Mm-hmm. And you're mentally preparing and physically preparing too sometimes with what you load or how you load or whatever for potential potential failure for lack of a better term too so and that's interesting because sometimes if you plan for failure you're telling yourself it's going to happen right right yeah exactly so there's kind of that you play a little mental game with yourself sometimes but at the same time you need to you need to go in if there was 20 rifle targets out there are you going to go in with a 20 round p mag rube probably would (laughs) well rube's pretty good but people no i a lot of people go in with like Two thirty rounders or something like that, just in case. Absolutely, I had a good a guy I shot with a long time ago. He's been shooting since the old Soldier Fortune days, and uh, his best the best tip I got from him when I started was whatever the round count is, put it on your belt. You know, if it's if it's a twenty round shotgun stage, you better have twenty rounds of shotgun on your belt. Not counting what's in your gun, you know, have that extra on your belt to go to in case you need it. And then, uh, not mentally preparing for for failure, but have your have your training and and your practice sessions where. If something happens um, and you do miss, you react quickly. You you know if I miss if if I'm real tight on a shotgun count and I've got you know my plan has uh, my loading is going to have two more rounds in it than the gun and I miss twice before I go to that slide lock or uh, have to manipulate the gun in an awkward situation, go ahead and throw more rounds in the gun, get it in there quickly. Yeah, and that's a I mean that's a really fine balance. Like on the shotgun, we shot uh, stage three this morning with shotgun, and that was was it 28 rounds of shotgun that you had to reload. And so if you start getting more than that on your belt or you throw a chest rig on, well, now you're slowing yourself down because that's added weight, added bulk. So you have to find that balance of, all right, I'm not going to miss more than four times. And if I do, I'm probably not even in contention for what I wanted to be in contention for and anyways. So, and sometimes you know your abilities and you know where to gamble. And yep. Well, and sometimes it's not just, you know, if you miss, but if you fumble a reload, too. You so fall. You, yeah, fall. and you yeah. knock shells off or, you know, something just doesn't go right because there's plenty of opportunity for things not to go right. I did that a lot. 
lost some shells. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Oop, lost yep. one. Oop, lost another. I think we all we'll call that a yard sales sale here and there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Dude, yeah, it's it's hard. Hey, the the loading your shotgun, dudes make it look so easy, but it's it's not. It's not. But here's a question for you guys too. So when you're going through a stage, now let's say that you're running low on shells or you know you burn them up and you, and you use it, eventually just run out or sometimes sometimes you're trying on the target for a long time but you're just not having any luck with it i've seen some guys just skip by that certainly happens or some dudes just kind of just stay on it and try to fit you know just get that one thing is there any kind of like wh- what kind of strategy do you put into deciding whether you're gonna skip over something or whether you're gonna really knuckle down and try and get it it's a lot of risk versus reward because you, you have to know what your penalty value is and you have to know um that was a big thing for me um, not wanting to fail at long range when I first started and sitting there and just going to war on targets, going to war on targets, spend 30 seconds on a 20-second penalty target. You know, and it just defeats itself right there. And then you not only have you added time to your to your uh, score, but you've also accrued the penalty. So just kind of know the limitations. That's the, on, my big takeaway. On our first stage, it was stage five, mm-hmm. I, I passed up a target that I shot. I shot it four times, and it was one of the 220-yard, you know, eight-inch circles or whatever they were. And so I kept moving knowing that like I'm not going to sit here and waste a bunch of time on this target because I need to get all of the other whatever 17 long range targets there were on that stage and so I came back to it then at the end and I didn't remember which target it was because the arrays were all blending in and so I sat there and looked and I wasn't breaking shots so of course the timer isn't picking anything up and adding to my time but I realized like okay there's a 20 second penalty I've been looking for this target for probably 10 seconds do I then go again and keep shooting at it? So I might have, if I would have shot and it took me five shots to hit it, I might have added 30 seconds to my time, whereas the penalty is only 20. So it's an unfortunate thing, but you have to play that in your head before t- beforehand. Otherwise, you're going to... Well, gonna then I even, I even look at, uh, what was it, stage three that we started on this morning. You start with two slugs, two slug targets, and then you go through... 26 more bird bird shot and then you have pistol at the end and so for me i just knew i had four slugs in my shotgun i was gonna shoot four times if i missed it i'm going to the next one because i didn't have time to finish the rest of the course unless i made sure i got those out of the way and just kept moving so even yep. for a beginner it was just like okay that i know i gotta call. do this i mean that was mm-hmm. a good call absolutely because your capabilities and Yep. Dealing with it. Any changes, any alterations to your load could have potentially put more slugs in your shotgun, which mm-hmm. you could have slotted, shot at the star, and your, your day's gone then. And that, and that all comes down to that, that mental preparedness again, where you may be walking through the stage, let's say a long-range stage, and you know there's 18 long-range targets, and you're going to say, okay, there's a there's a 550 target out there. I'm going to give myself three shots. Mm-hmm. But on that third shot, you're like, oh, I know I can hit it on the fourth. I know, I, know that, I can hit it on the fifth. Yeah, and the fifth, <laughs> and then the sixth. Or if it's if it's an array of, of 300 and you you really struggle with that first 300 or 200 or whatever, you name your distance, but then you go one for one on the other three 300s that are out there, and you're like, well, how come I can hit those? And then you pull back over and start missing on that first one again. That all comes with you know the territory of, of shooting three-gun and kind of getting your plan and sticking with it. Definitely. We hit on a bunch of mental aspects of the game here. I think that a lot of people... You know, hopefully some of the listeners listening right now, if you're getting into the sport, maybe these are some things that you start thinking about. Heck, if you're signed up for your first match, you're thinking about it before your first match. Maybe a couple of things that might have surprised you. Is there anything about equipment? And I'm almost hesitant to bring up equipment because I know some people think if they just get the best equipment or if they, you know, whatever, use their equipment in the best way or whatever. I guess if you use your equipment in the best way, you should do well. Buy, but buy if, a win. 
if they yeah buy to win. But talk about a couple of things. Like I can think about the fact that I went into my first match with a one to eight strike eagle on my rifle, and I went up to the first stage where we were going to have targets that were further away than like fifty yards or something like that. And somebody comes up and they go, "So what mag are you going to run this one on?" And I was like, well, "I don't know, one." And if it gets too hard, I'll bump it up to eight. And then I was like, well, "What are you going to run on?" They're like, "I think I'm going to run this one on three. And I was like, three? What?" And then they're like, "Well, yeah, you know, like three. It's kind of like a good middle ground." And in my head, I always thought that a one to eight or a one to six or a one to four, I used it like a one or four or a one or six or one or eight. And so all of a sudden, people started talking about using it on like a middle magnification. I'm like can you even do that? Is that allowed? <laughs> it was really, it was bizarre for me. And of course I'm coming from an optics company. So I probably sound like an idiot right now. Any other things like that, or, or, or just, you know, kind of elaborating on that, that you guys have noticed? I think it just comes down to experience again. Right. So it's like stage, stage eight, again, the Connex. I keep going back to this stage. You start off with slug, dump your, sl- dump your shotgun. And then they had 12 BC zones at I think 75 yards. And then you went long range from there out from 200 to 550. So if you were to start on six, and some people did, and it, it really comes down to preference again. But if you're on six shooting those BCs at 75, you're going to get a lot of movement in that scope. And so that's going to slow you down as you're settling back in and cracking each shot. I ran that on like two and a half, and I had a pretty good run on those 12, and then zoomed up. And that's just part of my movement. As I finish that 12th round, I grab the throw lever, and, and then I go to town on on the long range stuff. And a lot of that isn't necessarily even zoom, it's field of view. Exactly. So, yeah. so exactly. if you you've got see. a big array that's the same target presentation. You don't get lost. You don't want to get lost. And mm-hmm. I did notice a couple of people that started just on six power, they shot the same target four times, like because the recoil throws you off a little bit and you can only see one target and then that, the one next to it if you're zoomed too far in. And so like that, I mean, that addresses that, but. Mm-hmm. Over magnification, yeah. And you were talking earlier, too, about how small some of those targets get. And if you're trying to use 1X or something like that, it can be it can be tough to see those things. It can. It can. Um, what I do, like what, what Nick was talking about, if you have an array that's separated like that, it all depends on time. And, and if you have the time, if you want to take the time to change the magnification, throw it over, what benefit are you going to get from it? Um, if, it if it's a lot of long range, I'm going to, and that's what my reticles, my reticles calculated with my ammo, and I know where the holds are, it's going to stay at 6 most of the time. But... You're always looking for that advantage, those 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 three to five seconds you can pick up because that, that three to five seconds on a stage like that, that's five points, and you'll and we'll see the scores later, and you just kind of look at how many people are five points apart and that, that's places. Yeah, and like going to back to preparedness a little bit on a, on a match where you know it's going to be a, a rifleman's match or a shotgunner's match or a pistol-heavy match, if I know that a match is going to be shotgun-heavy, before I go to the match, I go out, I'm checking my slug impacts, I'm checking my buckshot impacts, I'm checking what each choke does at you know 10 yard intervals. If it's a rifleman's match, I go through on, on iStraylock Pro and I look at what all of my hash marks mean on five power, six power, four power, three power, because they will, they do have a value, it's just not, it might not always be perfect, you know, perfectly even. Right, because we're talking second focal plane. If we're right using now. a second focal yep. plane optic, yeah. If first focal plane, obviously, would be different. But mm-hmm. but if I'm using my, you know, my 1-6 to six Razor, 1-6 to six PST, I want to know what all of those hash marks mean. And I've got a little, little card built up in my bag that I can say, like, if I don't want to take the time to switch magnification and I can run this whole stage on four power, I mean, I'm going to do that, but my holds are going to be different. So preparedness is a huge thing. Yep. And I think you see it too. We we're talking about the, the type of match. 
So bay stages where you may have, you know, something at the end of the bay where it's a little skinny salmon or something back there that you're going to maybe shoot that on, on a three or four, but you got a bunch of hoser paper. So you may leave your, your optic on, you know, three or whatever's comfortable for you and then shoot that hoser paper with your offset iron. And so then you just roll it over and you're magnified and then you roll it back over to finish your, your paper as you're, you're hosing down to, to go to the next gun. And you don't see that as much out here. And obviously it depends on stage presentation, but there's more movement here. So you have more time between what you're shooting. Right. And hoser, for those of you listening who maybe aren't familiar with the terminology quite, hoser is basically just where you have like zombie land, right? I mean, it's like paper targets left, right, everywhere, just stacked. You're just burning them down. JMO, what uh, what magnifications were you running out there? Were you switching it around, or were you sticking? I was sticking to one, um, and I think it was stage six that I got to the longer range targets. They're 300 plus, I think, and uh, realized I left it on one. And Ruben was right by my <laughs> side to to help me put it back up to six. So, uh, you know, obviously being my first one, I was pretty uh, inexperienced with what to do. But um, yeah, as I went on more and more, it just got more comfortable. But yeah, in the beginning, I was just sticking on one for the most part. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and equipment-wise, so obviously we're talking about optics a little bit. Actually, funny thing, too, that you mentioned, this is an interest. I'd be curious to get your guys' take on this. Dylan Easley was talking about kind of when you mentioned offset irons. You know, you might be on 3X to shoot some stuff that's further away, and then all of a sudden you got like a hoser section. He was saying he almost he tilts it to the side sometimes. I don't think he has offset irons, but he uses the wedge between the windage and the elevation knob if it's real close up. Have any of you guys ever done that? On the shoot house stage. On the shoot house stage? Yep. On stage uh, stage nine here at the match, I didn't. I looked through the scope on one target. <laughs> and those those targets were, you know, probably the furthest was maybe 10 yards at the yeah, furthest. I would say probably was pro- 10 When yards. you shot across. When you shot across. And everything else yeah. was three yards, four yards. And the only one that, that I used it on was on the swinger because it was like right next to a no shoot, but... That all comes with knowing that you're not going <laughs> to do something stupid. Yeah, you got to know your equipment for sure. Jameson was walking around at work for like two weeks or three weeks leading up to the match with an orange Glock in his pants mm-hmm. all day. Practicing my draws. Yep. Yep. In your drawers. <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Start pointing that thing around and all. Yeah, it was good. It was mm-hmm. good. But yeah, and then actually, you know, when you came out here, you had on a couple of cases a few. I don't know, malfunction or something like that. And mm-hmm. I was surprised at how quickly you cleared them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you just pull the trigger and you don't see the shot go off. So something's wrong. So you just cock another one out and, and reset it. And actually, at one point with the, my Glock, the, one of the uh, 9 millimeters got stuck right in the slide. So I had to pull it out with my finger. But it's kind of crazy. Yeah, it just was instinct at that point to, you know, fix it and get going because you're on the clock. So you have to finish. But uh, that was a lot of fun. It just throws a little adversity at you. Makes you think. Wish I would have had that instinct when I was dropping my drum mag over and over and over. Yeah, and over. right. Just you know, but cool. I so one thing you know, obviously we're talking about quite a few things that that relate to somebody who's more of a beginner. But here's a thought, I guess, and, and it could be something that somebody who's just getting into the sport might wonder too. But but people have been in it for maybe just like two or three years or so. Rube, Nick, and Ryan, what do you guys think? What keeps you sort of coming back to three gun every year? After you've done it for a number of years, like what 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 makes you you know you're getting faster and faster and faster, and at this point in your guys' career, you know like a guy like Jameson, he might do a stage a little bit better and improve ten seconds. Now, that's a pretty big pretty big deal. But you guys might improve one second or like even sometimes by tenths. What what keeps you coming back every year to just keep doing it? 
Well, obviously the shooting, you know, that, and, and, and getting better and, and trying to better yourself as a shooter and, you know, hitting your, hitting your spots, maybe just Ryan talked about it, you know, hitting your, your positions that you set your, your mental game up for in your walkthroughs and hitting those just a little bit better, cracking your shots a little bit faster, faster splits, all that. But the camaraderie too. I mean, I love that. That's part of, that's one of the best parts of the match is coming out and hanging out with the guys and gals that come out and shoot and, you know, always having different folks on your squad. And, you know, you got guys from Florida, you got guys from Arkansas, you got guys from Ohio, Wisconsin, Minnesota. And it, it's just, it's fun to, to see those guys and gals and everybody's a different level of shooter. But for me, I, I really do enjoy the camaraderie of that the sport offers. Absolutely. I, I want to go and see how well I can do and, and, and push myself, push my abilities to the limit, truly test all the skills that I'm, I'm home practicing with. But uh, like Nick said, it's, it's, it's people you don't see. You see, them, you see them five or six times a year. It's at matches. You keep up with them on social media, and we text each other all the time and ask questions. Hey, check this out. Look what, look what I, this new whatever I got here and, and stuff like that. But the, the people in the sport of three-gun are some of the, the nicest people, some of the most uh, generous people. Last year at this match, we had, we had a stage on a ridgeline, and I just was having trouble with my pistol and could not hit anything with my pistol. And I used, I was on my last mag, and I turned around, and there's three guys holding mags out, you know, ready. Just here you go. Here, finish the stage. Keep going. Keep going. But, uh, you know, just – and it's funny because we're all competing against each other, but if I see something Nick's doing, I'm going to go, hey, try try doing this, you know. Try, we, we continuously help each other out. And, uh, and you don't – I don't think you see – that in other sports, um, you know, you don't see that in baseball, football, you know, NASCAR stuff like that. You know, those guys are there to win. It, it's a great, a great camaraderie, a great group we have. For me, it's a big thing is getting out with our customers. Coming from the work side of things, it's getting out to be with our customers, and it's a great, it's a great environment to get to hang out, get to know people better, and talk to people about what we can do better as a company to make products that cater to them and their needs. So that's part of it. The other part of it is that having a background in competitive nature. You know, I played football and baseball in high school, so I'm not the most athletic guy, but still I enjoyed it, and it was a competitive outlet. This is, this is kind of the same thing. So for me, it's, it's a way to keep developing myself as a shooter, to keep you know, building skills, and to be able to report back to the guys at work and you know, say how we, can, how we can continue to make products better and better. But I mean, that's part of it. The people are really the the thing that keeps us coming back is I keep a log of who I all get to see and we have we all have different friends in different parts of the country but this is kind of where we meet up and get to spend a few days I see the people that I that I shoot with a lot more than I see people I grew up with you know Mm -hmm. so that's that's a big part of it and it's worth noting too that pretty much everybody out here we're at a weekend match right now Pretty much everybody out here is going to go back to work on Monday. Like this isn't—it's not your guys' job to be three no, gunners, right? No, not at all. Not at what all. What do you guys do again? I don't remember if you mentioned when you introduced yourself. I'm a—I'm a registered nurse, actually. Yep. Yep. And I do uh, business development for an oil gas company in Houston. Yep. So yeah, exactly. I mean, you guys—you worked all week, and then this is this is how people choose to choose, spend their time on their weekend. So I, I think that I've always thought that's pretty awesome. It's a uh, wide range of people that you see. I mean, you'll see doctors and mechanics and I mean, everybody and anybody that you can imagine you know out there and you all you all share the same passion you know sure. shooting and hanging out with a good good group of folks yeah sure. and it the other thing that's really cool about the sport of three gun is you can come to a major match you know you, you might say it's like a national level event or a major level event and if it were golf it would be like Jameson it would be like for you just 
signing up for one of the PGA Tour matches, you know, as your first thing. And like, if it was golf, you would have spent years and years trying to qualify for that and thousands and thousands of dollars in fees to get there. I mean, we spent a lot of money on ammo and gear, but still, there's no other sport where you can just go, you couldn't just sign up and be like, hey, Tiger, you want to you wanna be my partner today? Like, that, <laughs> that doesn't work. But in this sport, you can, Jameson, you can squat up with guys who, you know, might be in the top five or top ten at this event, and you could do that anywhere at any match. And I think for me, you know, obviously I'll piggyback off what everyone said, but I want to go out to my next match, you know, as soon as I can just to take what I've already progressed and just keep getting better and better. And the other part of it, again, piggybacking on all of you, is just the people. I didn't know our whole squad going into this except for Ruben and then the the team I came down with um, and Adam as well. But I have laughed so hard this weekend, uh, both on the course and, and off, and it has just been so much fun. And I just feel like I have a whole new group of friends now that if I ever, you know, got a text or a call, I'd be happy to talk to them. So you really just meet people, and, and even some of the people that weren't on our squad, you meet them and you just know them because they're at all the matches that you're at. But, yeah, it was so much fun just mm-hmm. being out here with all these cool guys and girls. Yeah, everybody's out here because they want to be out here. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't speak for I'm nowhere near a pro-level NFL or, or, you know, basketball, NBA player or anything like that. But, you know, a lot of those guys, in some regards, I kind of look look there and it's sort of like, if you weren't there, you know, you're probably going to get in trouble. You, you kind of have to be there in some regards. And, and I'm sure that they love their sport and everything, but kind of has that uh, forced nature to it in some regards. But everybody out here... ROs are out here spending their weekend time, you know, and, and people competing are out here all on their own. So, you know, they're out here to have a good time, and, and everybody's super friendly. Yeah. We have a thing here that we do on the, on the Vortex Inch podcast as we start wrapping up, which we uh, which we should start wrapping up so we can get to the final closing ceremonies. But everybody gets a last call. So we'll do last call. And this time we started going to my right. We started with Ryan, but this time we'll start to my left with Ruben. Ruben, you get a last call. And just close it out before we head on. Just out. anything. Anything. You should be careful when you say that to me. Okay. Um, anything that's mildly related or better. One of the things that I always wish that I did when I started shooting matches was I wish that I wouldn't have been afraid or embarrassed to ask for help uh, from the people that are competing at a high level. And so, you look at guys like when I was growing up, I was watching. Hot Shots and like these different shows where I'm watching Jerry Michalik and all the guys that I've watched for years before I ever competed and now now I just go up to Jerry and talk to him and I think the big thing for people to realize is that anybody can go up to anybody speaking in general and you could be like hey I need it I need some help with this what is what's your advice and the people in the sport are always happy to help I mean, we've talked about the people a lot today, but one thing we didn't say is, like, they're always happy to help. If you have a question, you can go up and ask people. That's a big thing. I wish I would have done that more because I probably would have progressed faster in the game. And I know that because there are guys that I've watched that start, and I'm like, oh, yeah, it was his first match this weekend. And then he gets a good mentor, and then he surpasses me a couple of years later. Like, I've been shooting three-gun for three years longer than Nick has, and Nick's probably going to spank me at this match. So, But, I mean, it, it all boils down to having, having help, not trying to do it on your own, 
and being willing to admit that like, okay, the way I was doing this wasn't the right way to do it. I got to swallow my pride and what I've been practicing in my parents' basement for the last, you know, six months is, isn't going to work no matter how much I try. <laughs> so ask for help. Don't be afraid to get a mentor. Sweet. That's a good one. JMO? Yeah, so my last call is, is basically going to be for all the people out there who are beginners or looking to get into it but are a little hesitant, maybe on the edge. Just jump in. I dove into the deep end here with almost no experience and shooting a handful of times. Find one that's close to you. It doesn't need to be a big major event. Just find one and, and do it, and you'll realize real quickly how fun it is, and you're going to get hooked. So just if you're thinking about it and you're not sure, find one. Maybe get a friend to go with you, squat up with some people, and just have, have a bunch of fun. I would say um, regardless of your experience level, at least for me, I always try to have a takeaway, whether it's one or two or, or three takeaways, something that happened in the match that maybe wasn't necessarily a, a turning point, but it was something that stuck with me, whether it's positioning, like I was out of position on this stage or uh, I shot a target array like this and I really should have approached it a different way. Something that sticks in your mind, whether it's good or bad, because then you can improve on that. And it's and again, it's all about continuous improvement. So for every match I go to, I always ha- I always try to have uh, at least one major takeaway from that match, whether it's a local or major. Something I can take back and chew on and, and fix it next time. Mine here is, uh, you know, we shoot some of these match stages, eight stages, ten stages. You have a bad stage, let it go. There's nothing you can do about it. Forget about it. You've got, if it's your second stage of the match, you've got eight more you have to concentrate on that you can make a difference on. You can't do anything about that last one. Focus on focus on what's to come, not what's in the past. And the, the other part is have fun. I mean, this is fun. This is not this is not work. You're out here just to, to have a good time, enjoy what you're doing, laugh, and cut up with your friends, you know. do the. But when it gets down to shooting time, you know, concentrate on what you're doing, stay safe, and have a great time. Sweet. That is all. That's all good stuff. I, I'll finish out a last call that I think is, is very fitting, which is next year, Vortex Shooter Source 3 Gun Match. Whoever's listening, the listeners right now, you got to come down if you can make it out. You got to sign up, compete, hang out with us. It's a good time. Seriously, we now have proof that a guy who's never shot competitively before came down to this match and actually didn't even get last, did you, James? No, I didn't. Uh, 148th out of 172. Yep, and mm-hmm. there was a couple people that didn't get DQ'd that even finished. Seven. Yep, finished well, and man. so he didn't even get last. So you mm-hmm. can come down, and it's a blast. You can get coached. Jeremy uh, helps put on a great match. Also, if you're in need of any three-gun gear, hit up the shooter source. Jeremy's got tons of gear. Not to mention the nightly events. Um, yep. Night shooting, things like that. Yeah, we so. didn't even just necessarily only shoot competition because then, what was it, two, two nights ago we were doing that? It was drive-in night. movie, too. Night shooting, drive-in movie. Yeah, it's a local a local museum here with some period pieces, some World War II uh, items, full autos and oh, stuff yeah, that we're shooting chance, as well, yeah. too. So Shoot a stand kind of or something like that. Here. Exactly. So it, we, we try and make it a cool event for everybody. If you uh, if you come down to the Vortex Shooter Source 3 Gun Match, you won't be sorry. It'll be well worth it. It's a good time. So that's what we got. When we're done with our last calls, i got to admit I don't really know what to do yet, so we just kind of say bye. All right. We'll so. see you guys later. Thanks awesome. for having us. Yeah, yeah thank you. Yeah, thank thanks. you guys. Yeah, thanks, thanks, Ryan thanks, and Nick, Nick, for coming thanks, on. Thanks, Appreciate it. All right. Cool. All right. Bye. All right. That'll wrap it up for this episode of the Vortex Nation podcast. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Hit that subscribe button so you can always stay up to date on the latest happenings over here at the Vortex Nation podcast. Leave us a review or comment down below. We want to hear what you have to say about the show, maybe what you like, maybe what you didn't like, so that way we can make these podcasts as good as they can be. 
Hey, if you were interested in some of the information you heard here too, but you don't want to go all the way back and listen to the whole thing again just to get out one little nugget of information, check out the link in the description because we'll have this in PDF form with uh, pretty much everything that we've talked about. You can also follow us on Instagram at Vortex Nation Podcast. We'll be posting about each episode released so that way you can go back, find these things, maybe grab a little nugget of information that you could take with you to the range, out in the field, or uh, maybe to the kitchen if we're talking about some good food. So again, everybody, thanks and happy hunting and shooting. We appreciate it. Have a good one.